Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, guys? It is Wednesday, May 1st, and this is episode three of Fly on the Ball. Uh, we just want to say thank you for all the feedback we got this last week, coming into this week. Uh, just kind of going to get, you know, everything situated here. We appreciate you guys a lot. Um, so this week, you know, we're going to touch on some uh, Christian Walker, how he's doing in place of Goldie. We're going to touch on uh, Cody Bellinger, how he's doing with uh, the Dodgers, the NL West leading Dodgers, and how some of these other teams are doing in the, in the major league. Uh, we're going to touch on some Kevin Durant and how Golden State is doing and how we think the NBA playoffs are going to shape up. Then we're going to go over our draft picks that you know we did so great on. And uh, we'll let you guys kind of fill you guys in how we did there. What kind of a uh, who who did what? What what we thought was good? What was bad? Then we have a first segment of uh, some Q and A, some listener Q and A, and then we got some bets coming for you for the Kentucky Derby. There's uh, Canelo Alvarez this weekend, and yeah, let's let's get it going. I'm excited. Anything you want to say, David? No, it's, it's an exciting weekend of sports. There's a lot going on betting-wise that we'll get into. Um, like you said, the NFL draft coverage, I think you guys will find entertaining again. Uh, our picks were terrible, <laughs> uh, but we can thank the Oakland Raiders for that. So you'll hear a little yeah. bit about that uh, in, the, in the cast. Again, like Jimmy said, you know we appreciate the feedback from everybody everybody that is listening to this. Uh, hopefully we're entertaining enough, but you know any, any questions or anything you have, we We'll kind of continue with that Q&A. You'll hear a little bit about that uh, in, in the actual podcast itself. But, yeah, thanks again, guys. It's a lot of fun. Uh, episode, episode three. three. Not going to lie, it went a little long on this episode. But I'm going to go ahead and say it. Probably our best one yet. Let's go ahead and throw yeah, that out I'd there. And once that. again, you can reach me on Twitter, at Rap Your Jimmy. Follow me on Instagram, uh, Jimbo Slice underscore 52. If you have my number, text me. I'm not putting that shit out here. <laughs> yeah, you can hit me on Twitter at dmatthew12 d-m-a-t-t-h-e-w <laughs> one two holla at get at us alright guys thank you episode 3 for your ear I know last week we had started out with um, with some baseball we talked on uh, uh, how Bryce Harper's doing in Philly and how uh, Goldie's doing in St. Louis so I kind of want to catch up the Dimeback fans if they haven't been paying attention so far this year on how uh, Goldie's replacement's doing, Christian Walker. So just kind of give you a little little uh, stats for comparison. This was all before today's games. The Diamondbacks played the Yankees today, swept them. And uh, the I'm pretty sure it's the St. Louis had a game. I'm not sure who they played, but this is all before today's games. So I have Goldie at 30 hits. With 19 RBIs, nine home runs, and he's hitting 259. Yep. Which I know, as I had stated before, that's actually a lot better than what he had normally done because he's a pretty notorious, notoriously slow starter. So I mean, again, that that's pretty that's pretty decent. I know he he leads um, he leads the Cardinals with nine home runs, which is pretty good. Yep. And as for Christian Walker, he has 31 hits, 15 RBIs seven home runs and he's hitting 308 which is pretty pretty phenomenal i mean again it's early 
we get it. But that's, he actually leads the Diamondbacks with uh, seven home runs. And I believe the 308 as well. I could be wrong. But I know in the seventh or later, I was listening to sports radio earlier this week. In the seventh inning or later, Christian Walker is hitting 500 with all seven home runs and 14 yep. of those 15 RBIs. Yep. And he leads the league in the seventh or later in hits and home runs during that time frame. Yep. So, now, have, it, it, look, it's an amazing start. I, I mean, it, it's a solid run for, for a replacement guy. Uh, he's 28 years old, so spent a number of years in the minor leagues. Uh, like you said, had gotten some spot starts um, in the past couple seasons with the, with the big league club. So this is where I'm going to play devil's advocate as the non-D-backs fan, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's sustainable. I was looking through kind of his history in the minors. I believe he even won an MVP. Uh, I want to say it was in 2017 in the PCL. Uh, so a triple-A mm-hmm. had a really solid year. Um, so not not too far removed from that. But if you look back through his minor league career, he hit the ball pretty consistently. The power numbers were up and down. Um, nothing to really write home about. Uh, I was looking 2015 at AAA, 18 home runs in 138 games, so 534 mm-hmm. bats, so full season. Mm-hmm. Um, 2016 looks like 18 home runs, same same type of deal, 504 at bats, batted 264. Uh, his MVP season that he had was 32 home runs, uh, batted 309. So so there was a jump there. Um, Followed up by 2018, where he spent the majority of the year uh, in the minors, but did see some time with the big league club, as you had mentioned, as like a mm-hmm. pinch hitter or a spot fill for Goldie. Yep. Uh, hit 299, 18 home runs. So, so pretty consistent, you know, yeah. middle of the range power numbers, uh, average wise, okay. I look at those things. You name the stat with the seventh inning or later piece, and, and all of his home runs have come in that. It's just to me not sustainable. I, I think his numbers are going to fall off, and he'll he'll hover more to what he's consistently done throughout his career, whether it was at the big leagues or, or at the minor league level. Um, teams will figure him out. They probably don't have a ton of tape on him. Um, it is incredible. Those stats are, are nuts. If you're batting 507th inning or later, maybe you are just a clutch hitter. Yeah. Um, more than likely, though, I'm going to say that uh, these numbers will not maintain. And we'll see a drop off here in the next couple of months. But I mean, right. still something to get excited about as a D-backs fan. So I, I get where you're coming from on it. But. Right. I mean, you're, you're probably right. Because all that really means is he's just his second, third, maybe fourth time seeing a starting pitcher. He's finally getting finally getting those hits or he's just yep. demolishing the bullpen. Yep. Which you had alluded to before. You know, kind of don't want to see your thunder here, but you said this on – those guys that are seeing the pitcher second, third time, the numbers are just astronomical compared to the, the first or second time. Yeah, once once I get to that third at bat against a starting pitcher, the the advantage shifts pretty heavily uh, for major league hitters, and that's pretty consistent throughout the league. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it would be interesting to look and see, you know, if if it is a, a part where he is facing relievers, uh, what type of pitches is he seeing? Is it is it relievers coming in throwing straight gas, and the guy's just a fastball hitter, which would be my guess. Um, mm-hmm. I, I haven't watched enough of him to, to know, you know, his approach and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, my, my assumption would be he's probably a very good fastball hitter 
and he's showing that with the power numbers late because if you're facing relievers, generally that's what they're throwing. So, yeah. Um, but at, at, you know, again, as if, if you're a D-backs fan, you got to be really happy with the production. Um, you, you're never going to replace Goldie, but for a month, right? This guy is putting up numbers that are keeping you guys in the, in the hunt for the NL West. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a lot of people didn't expect Arizona to really do anything. So. You know, that, I don't think any – yeah, nobody really did. And to be only a game and a half out, I know I was checking the score earlier. I think the Dodgers were down 1-0. That's uh, 1-1 now. They're tied up. Oh, yeah, here we right. go. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if, if the Dodgers can pull – not pull that game out, hopefully your Giants come through. I wouldn't and, count uh, on it, but hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we can get that down to a one-game lead. Now, since we're talking about the Dodgers, I do want to talk about – this guy who is just setting the league on fire right now, Cody Bellinger, first yeah. base for the for the Dodgers. He's also he's he's from Hamilton High School. He's a local guy. He's here from here in Arizona. So I had it at he leads the league with forty seven hits. Mm. He's first in home tied first in home runs with Yelich at fourteen. First in RBIs at thirty seven, and then also another league leading four thirty one. Average, just, just tearing the cover off. <laughs> oh right my god, that is insane! Yeah, and he's very well the reason the Dodgers have the one of the best records in baseball. And I, I alluded to their leading the NL West by now a, a game and a half. Yeah, I mean, just absolute stud. I mean, he's he, what 21, 22 years old. He, he's yeah. still super young. Um, it, something about left-handed swingers left-handed batters like it is unfair they all have smooth swings it all looks so easy for them you know i play a lot of played a lot of baseball growing up play a lot of softball now it's still the same way even in men's slow pitch like recreational softball Mm left-handed hitters just demolish the ball effortlessly and i'm jealous of all of them but uh dude's just just mashing he's out there seeing grapefruits thrown at him Oh, I know, but to be hitting four four thirty one like that is, that's in, like I'm pretty sure, it's not it's not quite the the league lead. You have guys who have seen five or six at bats who are they're hitting thousand percent, but that's this the guy who's seen who's been at at the plate over eighty times already to hit four thirty one is just that's that's just fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah, with the minimum qualifiers for you know. Uh, for tracking batting average lead, he's he's definitely leading the league right now. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, again, not sustainable. <laughs> His right. power numbers, however, are like him and Yelich doing what they're doing. That I fully see those guys both hitting 40, 45 bombs. Like those guys are just tattooing the ball, uh, oh, and, and they're going really wherever they want with it, which is pretty crazy. But um, yeah, very much a reason why the Dodgers are are in the lead in the NL West and will continue to be. And I just fucking hate to see that. That shit kind of pisses me off. Yeah, I don't think anybody yeah. likes to see it. Uh, <laughs> I, think we all, I think we all hate it. Uh, we all hate the Dodgers. But they're, they're a damn good team, man. It's, and young, which is, which is what's yes. – It's rough to watch if you're a fan of anybody else in the NL West, uh, especially if you're a fan of the old man team in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, it is tough – Tough to to watch these young guys because you know they're going to be good for another a long time. Yeah, yeah, a long time. With with that said though, are you are you buying them as 
the winner of the NL West. Are you buying them to win this division? I, I am. I, I said at the beginning of the season, before the season, I'll say at mid-season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're going to win the NL. They're the best team. I, I don't think it's really close. Like you said, the D-backs are playing really good. Um, I just think it's tough to go through a season in the National League having to score seven or eight runs because your pitching staff isn't all that great. Mm-hmm. Um, the D-backs can hit, they can score, which will keep them in games, which is what they're doing right now. Uh, Granky's thrown really well, obviously, but oh. I, I just, I just want to point out since I said he wasn't doing that great, <laughs> he's had two phenomenal fucking games. I just oh, want yeah. to point that out. I'm just well, saying. I, look, we talked about it on one of the other podcasts when I was bringing it up. I mean, the guy's hard to root for, but he's, he's filthy. He's always had filthy mm-hmm. stuff. He's, he's a top line. Uh, absolute ace. Um, people were complaining about how much they paid him here, like quit with all that shit. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, if you want that top line starter, if you can't develop them in your own system, you have to go pay somebody. And so, you know, as much as there are times when he doesn't look all that great, the dude, he has all the ability in the world to, to do what he's doing over his last couple starts. It's just, you want consistency out of him and we'll see how that goes, but absolutely buying on, on the Dodgers. Uh, this was actually a question posed to us to go through um, the division leaders and, and mm-hmm. kind of give our opinion on it. But yeah, th- I, I don't see anybody really, really even approaching them in the West. Yeah. I, I mean, like you said too, it is kind of surprising to see Dimebacks up this, this early being this good, which it just kind of alludes to the last couple of years where they've done the same thing, start out really hot. And then we hit about, late June, mid-July, and you see them kind of, okay, you go on like a five or six-game losing streak, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, and then before you know what, they're eight games out of first place again when they had the lead. Like, I know it was last year they had the lead at the end, beginning and end of every month until September. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, you just kind of hope that that doesn't happen again. I'd, I'd like to see, I think realistically they could probably make a wild card I don't really see too many of these other teams being that much better. The only other division where I could see would be the the Central that has Central. the Cubs. Yep. yep, has the Cubs and the Brewers. Brewers. Yep. Other than that, the Mets are you'd have no fucking clue what you're gonna get with the Mets. They have good pitching. They haven't gotten off to a great start this year, but you don't know what you're gonna get. I mean, Philly they have they have Harper now, like we alluded to a couple weeks ago, which that's gonna open up the lineup for the rest of the team. So I don't really see much stopping them from getting at least a wild card, like I said, other than the Cubs and Milwaukee, because Milwaukee, the only thing they really got going for him is yellow. That dude's going to get, he's going to end up with over 60 home runs or some shit like that. Like, dude's, just <laughs> killing, dude's just killing it this year. Uh, Mil- Milwaukee's going to make noise. That's still a really, really good ball team. Like I said, the Cubbies uh, still really talented. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Arizona in, in a wild card position personally, but they're playing good enough ball right now, so I, I get the optimism. One thing is, so I do have one gripe, and it has nothing to do with the D-backs team. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on Twitter today, and, like, you know, obviously you guys swept the Yankees, which is exciting <laughs> for whatever reason. But, like, people are, like, going crazy, like, oh, yeah. bye, bye, New York. Oh, we're talk, like, talking all kind of shit as if beating the Yankees in April means anything. Well, that like, I, all... I just don't get – I don't get, like, fan bases that look at those things as if – it's not like beating Bama, right? Yeah. Like, the Yankees are going to lose 75 games this year, 80 games. Yeah. So it's not like 
it's not like you beat an undefeated team. Right. Just, well, that, they're they're also missing half a team to injury. So it's yeah, really, I, I just not beating I a, a great Yankees team. It, it was all Yankees. over my timeline. D backs fans <laughs> like talking shit on Yankees, and I'm like, I get the hell out of here. I don't understand. I don't understand it at all. D backs fans are the weirdest fans in baseball to me. Hey, sure. hey, fuck the Yankees. All I'm saying is, <laughs> any time we've been to the World Series, we won. I'm, that's all I'm saying. All right, that's true. I think somebody <laughs> even put that on like a. Oh, I think the D-backs tweeted it out like, "Oh, t- two games, uh, two games at home against the Yankees, both wins sound familiar." And I was like, "Oh, get the fuck out of here!" Like, what, what are we doing? It's April, it was the end of April. Yeah, stop. I get that they don't come here often, but it's not. Well, that's yeah. that's that's the whole thing is you don't you don't see them often. So I mean, it's and it's one of the premier teams in the league because they've won I hear it all the time. I have a a, a buddy of mine who's a huge Yankees fan. Twenty seven rings, twenty seven rings, all this bullshit. Oh believe just, me, I I've heard them all my dad was a Yankee fan. My brother's a diehard Yankee fan. Yeah. I've I've heard it my entire life. Nothing nothing displeases me more than when they win. <laughs> but but I have to defend them in this case. D Bex fans, you guys are idiots. Oh, quit, yeah. blowing no. up, quit blowing up my timeline with all hey. this nonsense about, about beating the Yankees in April. It doesn't matter. Let us have your moment where you sound bitter with your last place Giants. Get the hell out of here. Let us have this moment. <laughs> Do something. Make the playoffs. <laughs> surprise everybody. Don't talk shit in April's arms. There you go. Anyway, any, moving on. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Um, um, as far as far as the AL, do you do you see Tampa staying as hot as they are right now and taking the East? No, no, that's that's complete nonsense as well. I'd sell all day on that. Um, Yankees and Red Sox will be just fine once the Yankees get healthy. Uh, the Red Sox are, are playing kind of funky ball right now. They'll turn it around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I see Tampa at best finishing third in that division, so I'm selling big time uh, on them right now. Here's an interesting stat though for Tampa Bay. So I saw this earlier this week, um, and, and, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So Barry Bonds was intentionally walked 668 times in his career, okay? about 12,000, a little over 12,000 at bats. He was intentionally walked more than the entire Tampa Bay organization throughout its history as a baseball club. Christ. The Tampa Bay Devil Rays, or Rays, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. 598 intentional walks in the history of their organization. It's over 130,000 at-bats. Didn't, didn't he also set the record for the most intentional walks in a game as well? Yeah, in, in a game, in a season, uh, and <laughs> career, yes. But it just blows my mind that you have a team that's been around for what now? What are we going on? Twenty uh, something years, mm-hmm. and they have less. They've been walked intentionally walked less than uh, a single player. A single player, the greatest player of our yeah. generation. But, yeah, we'll just throw that out there. But uh, well, your it's your incredible. your generation. That is an incredible, incredible step. My generation. Who's who's the best of your generation then? Because you're so different from. Well, would have to be anybody in like the mid to early two thousands. Oh, like early 2000s, like when Barry Bonds was demolishing baseballs? You mean that, that timeline? Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I, yeah, I, I, mean, guess, I guess you could say that. I'm going off on tangents. I don't know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> back to what we were talking about. Uh, AL Central, Minnesota's in the lead. 17-10 uh, and 10 record. What do you think about the Twins? 18-10. and 10. I got an 18-10. and 10. Oh, I, I updated this earlier, so maybe they won. Oh, yeah. This was today. I don't know. I really think Cleveland wound up turning – I mean, they've won that division – Two times the last two or twice the last two years. Yep. I don't really see them not doing it again. They returned a lot of the same guys. Yep. I don't really know too much about Minnesota, honestly. I mean, I, I just feel like that's probably something that Cleveland still ends up walking away with. The only thing you need to know about Minnesota is it's cold up there mm-hmm. and they are close to Canada. Close that's, to all. Canada. that's all you need to know. And yeah. Prince, Prince lived there. That's it. That's all you need to know about Minnesota. I've been sounds, there. That sounds about that's right. Really, it yeah. Sounds about right. No, I agree. Uh, I, I sell on that too. I think the Indians are just better. Um, Lindor coming off an injury just came back. I think it was last mm-hmm. week. You get him back. He's going to be an MVP candidate again, of course. So um, I see them taking that division. Um, let's see. One... AL West. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you're right. So I was. That's what I was getting at. One thing that that surprised me with this whole year was actually Seattle and the hot start that they got off to. I don't think anybody kind of saw that. And I know a lot of people were kind of, kind of riding them for a little while. I mean, they, they got up to a hot start yep. in a hurry, scoring runs like nobody's business kind of faltered off a little bit, not a whole lot. That, that first series that they played the Astros, the Astros swept them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's something that I think that'll be an interesting race. That's the only division I'm not entirely sure because Texas is still only three games out. They're under 500, but they're still three games out. Yeah. But still, I think Seattle and Houston is going to be a good run this year. We'll see, man. Seattle's notorious for, for doing some funky stuff in the regular season and then just falling apart late. Um, hitting the cover off the ball. They're scoring a lot. I think they're leading the league, batting average, RBIs, mm-hmm. runs all that stuff. Um, like you said, it's it's kind of taken a, a little bit of a dive here in, in recent weeks. I'm selling on them. I, I don't think it's sustainable for them. I don't think they're a very good ball club. Um, I know the Seattle fans are, are not going to be happy about hearing that, especially <laughs> the one guy over in the UK that was asking yeah, this question. But <laughs> yeah. I just I don't, I don't believe in them. Uh, I think Houston's way too talented in that division. Uh, Texas is is obviously going going to play play well. Um, Oakland is they got they got a good squad too. So I, I think it's a tough division. I just mm-hmm. I don't think what Seattle has done at the beginning is is what they're going to continue to do throughout the year. But we'll we'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But like I said, baseball's fun. Last seems to be for fucking nine months. So I think it's gonna be a fun year. I'm excited to see kind of how 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 the Diamondback season shapes up and how uh, hopefully uh, not keeping Goldie ends up being good in the long run. <laughs> I think that's the only one we didn't touch on. Right? Was the Central St. Louis 19 and 10? Um, I already told you that's my World Series pick. I've got money mm-hmm. on them. I think they win that division, running away. I think they win the West or win the NL. Sorry, uh, running yeah. away and win the World Series, but. Um, yeah. yeah, like I said, we'll I don't, I don't, I don't wish bad on Goldie. I just hope Christian Walker does better. Let's just put it that no, way. Don't, don't, don't count on it, man. Uh, just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to 
want you to get your heart broken by <laughs> a 28 year old who's never played consistently at the big league level. So yeah, uh, but maybe maybe he's figuring maybe he's taking steroids. Who knows, man? Sometimes you just need a little needle in the ass and you can start pounding the ball. There you go. I mean, that's um, all. That's all it took for Barry Bonds. Yeah, that's it. That's all it took for the majority <laughs> of the people in the 90s. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, yeah, baseball ramping up here. You know, I, it, it gets a little interesting once we get into June and July because by that yeah. time, usually uh, basketball is over. Football hasn't started yet, so that's kind of when you dive a little bit more into it. Start to see a lot of teams separate, so that's what we're kind of be looking forward to here in a couple – in a month. God, it's already May. It's fucking – it's wild. It's going fast. Yeah, it is. And uh, speaking of basketball, we're kind of going to switch over here to basketball a little bit. Um, I definitely did not see the way the way that the Warriors played against the Clippers. I did not see them very likely running away with this again. I obviously should have known better. This is what they do. But to be up two zero on Houston, did not see that coming. Yeah, I, I, it's always tough to win on the road. Houston's very good. Obviously, I, I'm pulling for Houston as a Harden fan. Uh, we we touched on it a little bit last time where I said like the NBA is really consistent with the top seeds moving on in the playoffs, moving on to the finals. Like it, it's there are hardly any upsets that happen as much as we pool for them in the playoffs because you think it's going to happen, but for whatever reason, basketball just isn't isn't that way. Um, Golden State's probably going to win it all again. They're up two zero in the series. I mean the games haven't been all that close i know houston came back in the last one and made it interesting late mm-hmm. uh made it interesting enough to to still not cover um <laughs> i had him i had him getting four points and well decided. even even the the first game though curry hit a late shot to put him up like five or six in yeah. about 20 some seconds i mean it was kind of clo- closer than at least most of those clippers games where they blew out the clippers in two or three games by 30 plus points i mean i I don't know. I just kind of expected. I mean, Harden. Oh God, all of this whole foul bullshit going on. <laughs> She's just insane. But for him to not, in he hasn't really caught fire in any one of these games. I mean, even even in the first round series, he had games where he was still scoring 30, 30 points or so. But he he was shooting forty to fifty shots still. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you're you're still he's still obviously going to get scored thirty points and he's getting fouled and all that too. But I don't. I don't know, man. I just. It, I. I would like you said too. I was. I was pulling for Houston. I'd like to see somebody other than Golden State again. That just doesn't seem to be the case this year, especially the way KD. After those first two games in against LA, he has lit it up. He's led the team every game since then in scoring. Of course. Of course. Of course he has. Of course. And again, has. I'm gonna go back and say it again. I'm not saying Curry disappears, but he doesn't have memorable games. He doesn't okay. do memorable shit in the playoffs. There you go. He doesn't. What 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 is he doing what in the do you, playoffs? What, what more? What more do you want out of the guy? It's they're winning. They're they're continuing to be consistent. I don't I don't know what more you want from Steph Curry. He, he, he has to drop sixty in a playoff game to be relevant. Yes, he I'm does. Like, He's got to do something memorable. Wow you have, me! You have all stars all around him. He doesn't need to be that guy all the time. He's still amazing. He'll have one of these games where he brings him back to Miami. Like it's just, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be worried about that. It'll be interesting to see. Houston has to win Game Three, otherwise series is over. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's must win. 
depending on the line, I'm probably I'll probably bet Houston like an idiot again. Um, <laughs> but I'll I'll roll with that and see what happens. I was all over Portland tonight. Uh, I'm glad that they they notched up that series or tied yeah, it up there with we one go. one. Um, there's some real value, and I'll talk about it later with with some of my sports bets I'm looking at. But I was all over the Blazers getting points. Uh, I was also all over them game one when they did not cover, but um, <laughs> I think, I think they're going to win that series. I think they're better than Denver. Uh, I thought San Antonio was going to be Denver. Uh, San Antonio just made the ridiculous mistake at the end, uh, end of their game by not fouling down four with 26 seconds left. Yeah. Just let them dribble it out. Just let them dribble it out, take a shot, get the ball with two seconds left and can't do anything with it. Like, no idea cool. what the hell was going on there. It was it was all kinds of chaos. Uh, Popovich yelling, it's loud in there or whatever. But how do you not know the situation <laughs> as a player to foul? Yeah. yeah. Like So Denver squeaks by San Antonio. Um, I, I think Portland is just the better team. They're going to get, you know, they're going home, squared up 1-1. It's very tough to win at Portland. Oh, yeah. Uh, so... You know, Denver's going to have to bring in game three. I think Portland takes game three. So if they're up 2-1, they're in the driver's seat. I, I really like the, the Blazers' chances. I mean, well, I think what it comes down to, at least for, for Portland, they need production outside of Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum because those two, that, that team runs through them. If one of them has an off night, a team is losing. And you saw it the, the first game. I mean, uh Damian Lillard still had, I think he had 30-something points in that game. Yeah, Damian Lillard still had 39 points. CJ McCollum had 16. Inez Cantor had 26. And then their other two starters, Maurice Harkless and Alfredo Camino, combined 50 minutes and a combined four points. Wow. It was weird. Like, if you're watching that game, I felt like Portland looked like the team that had just gone seven. Like, they mm-hmm. looked lethargic. And I expected Denver – to come out like that because they had just gone seven games. Yeah. You know, even though they were still at home, like it was a grinded out series with San Antonio. So I expected them to come out a little, little soft, a little lazy. And it was Portland that looked that way. So maybe the layoff, you know, the time in between uh, kind of messed them up a little bit, but looked better tonight. They played good ball tonight. So. Yeah. Which is good. I think I, like, I'm, I'm kind of pulling for them too. Like it's, Nobody on that team I can really care to root for. I do. I do like Damian Lillard. I think he's one of the more underrated players like in in the league. Yeah. So it would be nice to kind of see him at least get to a Western Conference final. Again, like we said, I don't really see anybody beating Golden State again. But who knows? Now the the Celtics and the Bucks. I'm pretty intrigued by this one because Milwaukee, um, they they have a a, a league leading. Um, record, sorry, and Gianni, Giannis has just been absolutely terrorizing people. Yeah, and I don't know about you, like I'm, I'm obviously partial to to Harden, you know, again ASU guy, but I really wouldn't be upset if Giannis won MVP. No, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset with any of that either. Um, he's he's an amazing player. Like the fact that. I don't know. He was drafted what uh, the middle of the first round. Mm-hmm. He went some 12, 13, 14, 15, somewhere in that range. Like the fact that teams either didn't scout him or just, you know, don't see that coming with the length and, and athleticism, ball handling skills. I mean, he has everything and, yeah. and he's showing it now. Confident, 
uh, he's balling out. That's going to be a fun series to watch, man. Boston's a really solid team. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that one's that one has potential to go seven, which is any time a series goes seven, so entertaining. So. Yeah, I mean, again, and then Boston, the same thing with them. They're kind of a little bit like when they have they have scores, they have guys who can score, but that team flows through through Kyrie. Yeah. Because I mean, in that in that game too, he went he went four of eighteen with nine points. And they lost by 21 points. So, <laughs> like, it's just there's not a lot of if you're not getting production out of him, I don't I don't see them doing very well. I would like to see though um, Hayward kind of have a good series. I know he's only got he had five points in the in the last game, and it just it'd be cool to kind of see a guy who went through such a catastrophic injury kind of come back and have have a have a good season or a good playoffs. But I do see Milwaukee probably walking away with that one. And I would honestly probably see Milwaukee Golden State Finals. I think that would be electric. It'd be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it'd be cool. Um, I think I think Toronto might have something to say about it. Uh, I think Kawhi is playing out of his mind right now. Um, obviously, Toronto Philly tied up at one one as well. Mm-hmm. I I can't, I don't know, man. I really can't stand like really any Philadelphia sports team. But no, I, I can't get behind the Sixers. Like I like some of their players or like them coming out of college and things. And then like they get an NBA, like Joel Embiid, I can't stand him. Like, <laughs> I get he plays the villain and he's like this big asshole, but I I, I really don't like him. Uh, I really don't like Ben Simmons. Uh, there's nobody on Philly that I'm rooting for. I want Toronto to smash him. Uh, I like Kawhi Leonard. Uh, that's going to be another fun series, though, man. They they can go back and forth the entire time, but I'm pulling for Toronto. I'd like to see Toronto, Milwaukee, uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then, like you said, if, if Milwaukee's the one that moves on, that'd be an entertaining series uh, mm-hmm. to see him versus probably Golden State. Uh, but I, oh, I don't think it really. I don't think it matters who comes out of the East, you know. But it, it would no. still be entertaining to watch Giannis. Get a well, shot at it. A, a series like that, it'd be all gas, no break. There's not a whole lot of defense being played in that. Versus, I think if you get a Golden State Toronto finals, those are going to be long ass foul after foul after foul. But you're going to get a lot of good defense. Yeah. Because Toronto, Toronto plays good defense. Kawhi is one of the best defenders in the league. Golden State, they'll definitely play defense. They kind of play. If, if you want to run and gun, they'll run and gun. They'll play defense, they'll play defense. But they're still gonna score. <laughs> I think I still have like a soft spot for, for the rap for Toronto just because of like the Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady days. Like that was mm-hmm. my youth and I, I, like everybody loved watching those guys play. And so there's like still a part of me that pulls for Toronto and I I think that's why, because there's really no other reason why I would want them to win. Um, <laughs> so I am rooting for a man. I'd love to see I'd love to see them get there. Um but it'll be a fun series to watch here. Well, if, if the Drake curse is real, they're fucked already anyway. Yeah, they're it doesn't really fun. matter. <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll put on a, a Philly jersey. Yeah. Know, just kind of do some, do some uh, reverse trickeration there. Let's get some black magic going on. Kind of like But um, all right. So we're actually going to switch here again. Let's get to some uh, NFL and how we did on our uh, our draft picks, which hint hint, not that great. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty brutal. 
Oh, it was it was bad. I mean, honestly, we were okay. We kind of should have figured the Cardinals are probably going to take Murray. What fucked us was stupid ass Oakland. Of course, of Oakland course, it was Oakland. Fucked us the last six picks. I, I don't know why I'm surprised by that. <laughs> we should have saw it coming. Of course, it, 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 Mike Mayock and John Gruden finding some weird random guy to decide to take. <laughs> like it's just it completely fucked everything. I was talking to people about it though, and they're like. Nobody, nobody saw any of that stuff coming. Like some of the stuff that played out in those first ten picks. Like, well, no, well, that kind of changed the whole landscape. Everybody thought where they were going. They went a different direction, and then they just kind of like pulled the trigger on a guy who wasn't even in the top ten, top fifteen, really. No, nah, he was he, he was projected to go like twenty second. And so this is what I was explaining to to my loan. Oakland Raider friend, fan mm-hmm. friend, Oaktown baby, Oaktown uh, baby. We were talking through, and, and they make this pick, and we're like, I threw on Twitter, like, oh, this is a reach, like, look at this shit. Yeah, and he's like, basically coming back with say, well, you know, it's you guys call everything a reach, everything's a reach, and I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm not saying that the guy couldn't turn into a Pro Bowl. Maybe he will become a great NFL player. I'm not knocking the player. I'm just knocking the position you took him relative to what he was graded out at. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that you had other picks in the first round, like why are you jumping the gun for this guy? Um, but, you know, yeah, he could turn out to be a fantastic player in the league. And, yeah. and maybe they won't look as stupid uh, for taking him there. But I just think you had other guys sitting up there that at the fourth pick. Like we're not talking about reaching at the end of the first round or something like the yeah. fourth pick. Yeah, they completely shook up the entire yeah. draft and completely boned our top ten. Yeah, yeah. which actually we'll, we'll get into here. I don't know about you. I had two and a half picks right, and I say half because we'll get to that in a second. Other than that, like I said, Raiders fucked that up. Complete shit show. We were god awful in that. But hey, it's always next year. You know what? As bad as it was, we still had like a general idea of the top ten players. There were only a couple misses in there that were like pretty egregious. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys that dropped, like Jawan Taylor falling way down, falling to the second round. Yeah, like as a top rated tackle, that stuff's kind of weird. Like you can't yeah. predict for that. Um, I only had two right, so I had Bosa, San Francisco with the two pick. We yeah. both had Devin White to Tampa Bay with the fifth. Um, I think my, my draft would have – I would have had Williams going uh, third because I did make that bet. Yeah. But I didn't have Arizona taking Kyler Murray because I was just going against the trend of everything. And um, they ended up going Kyler Murray, which makes me happy as a fan. Uh, yeah. But for, for my prediction, <laughs> it kind of screwed everything up. But uh, Yeah, so we'll, we'll kind of we'll run through the, the top ten again here. So we both had – Quentin Williams going number one. I didn't, like I said yourself, I didn't really think that the Cardinals were going to end up taking Murray because mm-hmm. I feel like that was something that if they were going to do, they should have shot the Rosen, I don't know, two or three weeks before, not the night of or the night after. Yeah, uh, but, probably would have been a good idea. Maybe. Yeah, but whatever. They did it. They took Murray again. Happy for him. That would be cool. I'm an Oklahoma guy too, so that was that would be fun to see. We both had – this was our first one, right? We both had the Niners taking Bosa. Um. I had at number three the Jets trading to Miami for Kyler, but uh, they actually stayed for Quinn and Williams. Yeah. And who did you have for that third one? I had him taking Ed Oliver, so it, it was go. 
If I if I would have gone Arizona taking Kyler, I would have dropped Quinn into third. But yeah, <laughs> so I, I still stayed on the D line. Yeah. There. Of course, I had Oakland <laughs> take Oakland taking Josh Allen. Yeah. I fucked with everyone, everyone. Yeah. Until Cleveland Farrell again, we could all be wrong in a year or two. I know he would probably love nothing more than to prove us wrong. But still, a reach. <laughs> no, I did, even if he's a good player, it doesn't take away from the fact that he was rated lower and they probably could have got him later. So mm-hmm. whether he turns out good or not is irrelevant to the fact that everybody thinks it's a reach to take him at four. Yeah. And then we had Tampa at five. We had both had taken Ben White. Yep. Now, I had actually the Giants taking Ed Oliver here. I'm not sure who yep. you had. I had him taking Montez Sweat. Yeah. Um, then the stuff comes out about, you know, he's got the – or the stuff was already out about the heart issue and all that stuff, and he mm-hmm. ended up dropping. But um, I just figured they were going defense. They shock everybody and completely bone everybody else's top ten. Daniel <laughs> fucking <laughs> Jones. Taking Daniel, of- taking Daniel Estrada Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and – like, oh my God! I, well, he I, was—he was a friend of the Manning family, correct? Or he at least went to their camps or some shit. It, does, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, I—I <laughs> I think I mentioned last week. Like, I like Duke football. Their head coach of Duke is amazing, and what he's been able to do there. Duke's uh, about to build a school. Go ahead. Yeah, but to build to build a college football program that does compete, like mm-hmm. it is pretty crazy out of that school, right? And so I watch. I actually bet quite a bit on Duke the last couple of seasons. So I've seen Daniel Jones play. Yeah. Sure, he's a fine player, but <laughs> I like taking him at six. Again, they were saying like we couldn't they couldn't wait to get him at seventeen. Like yeah. who the who the hell was taking Daniel Jones besides <laughs> Gettleman and the Giants? Like, <laughs> so Gettleman actually came out and said he didn't watch a single game, no game tape at all. He saw three drives at the senior bowl or practice or whatever it was and said, yup, this is it. That's our this, guy. This should, this should end really well. For him. <laughs> uh, like, uh, look, Daniel Jones, he, he can throw it, man. It's not like he had a ton of talent around him at Duke. So I get it. You can't take everything with what you're seeing there, but literally he did have games where his like yards per completion were like in the low, low single digits, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, four or five yards per completion. Uh, you know, chucked it 30 times for 132 yards, like just terrible yeah. games. And I don't know that you can, how do you not watch tape and <laughs> make a pay? I guess that's classic, uh, classic Gettleman there. And him and Steve Time competing to be the worst GMs in football. Uh, hey, I'm coming from Cowboys fan. I'm not mad at it. I think it was a great pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The entire NFC East is happy. <laughs> Exactly. I, I don't know. I don't even know how it goes in and like how he'll supplant Eli. Like Eli's a better quarterback than this guy. I don't know. Maybe maybe we're wrong. Maybe this guy's amazing, but I didn't see anything in college that would make me think that. And to go sixth is fucking nuts. Nah. Fuck that guy. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So number seven, I had uh Jackson taking Jawan Taylor. I believe yep. you had him there as well. Yeah. They took they took Josh Allen. Which again just makes that defense that much scarier again. And I think they really and, and I don't I don't think I think Jacksonville went best available. Like they were shocked mm-hmm. that Josh Allen had fell. They didn't mm-hmm. really need another edge guy. I mean it doesn't hurt to add that to that defense, but the defense yeah. is already pretty stout. Um 
And I think they just went and looked at their big board and were like, they didn't expect him to fall out of the top, you know, few picks. Mm-hmm. And he does well, there, so they end up taking him. Yeah, but that's another guy that, that can drop back in coverage because I know he also – I was reading up on it. I think he was in, like, the 50% range of he still dropped back in the coverage as well. So, I mean, he has that element to his game where he can oh, do I, that. You, you he watch still him be play. a great pass rusher. So. You watch him play. The, the guy's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I thought Oakland was going to make the move from because I figured he would jump out at Mayock and Gruden and they'd be guys that would be all over a player like that. But <laughs> – Nope. <laughs> let's let's <laughs> let him drop to seven. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we got Detroit. I had them taking Sweat here, and I had them taking Rashawn Gary. Yeah, and they both actually wrong. took both wrong. TJ yeah. Hawkerson, tight end from Iowa. Dude, I didn't realize that Iowa had two tight ends. Yeah, in, no the, in the first and, round, and TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, um, I had Hawkinson going ninth to Buffalo, so I, I was only a pick-off. I think yeah. Buffalo might have taken him at Evalon. I'm just going to yeah. say that as if I knew it. Yeah, um, yeah, we were way off. Of course, Detroit drafts a tight end. Or, <laughs> of course. Why, why yeah. wouldn't they? Eric yeah. Ebron worked out so well for them. Yeah, exactly. Did this. Um, yeah, so I just said my Buffalo pick, but I was I was torn between Jonah Williams and Hawkinson. I leaned Hawkinson when I said it, so yeah. – um, because here is where I actually had Buffalo taking Rashawn Gary, and then of course they took probably, arguably the best player in the draft at nine in Ed Oliver, which I think will be great because because he can play the DN and the interior line. Again, thought, you're replacing, we, you're replacing yeah. a guy like like Kyle Williams, and that's definitely something that you need to up, sure up no. that that D line. We talked about it. We're both huge Ed Oliver fans, so that means mm-hmm. he'll probably have one of the worst NFL. <laughs> he'll probably just blast. <laughs> Look, anytime I'm I'm all over a guy like that, it never ends well. Like, yeah, I'll just throw out there. Blake Bortles was my guy, and that has not turned out all that great. <laughs> so Ed Oliver, I've given you the kiss of death. You were my yeah. favorite player in this draft, and now you're screwed. Yeah, there you go. And then to round it out here, I had Denver taking Devin Bush at number 10. So this is where I said I got that, that half point. Yep. So I got two and a half picks right because Devin Bush did go number 10. He did. But it was the Pittsburgh. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I had I had Denver going quarterback and Haskins, who ended up slipping um, a little bit further down. But Oof, that'll be interesting to see how that man plays against the Giants twice a year. Love yep. to see that. Was was there was there anybody else that kind of kind of surprised you that had a good draft or anybody that kind of sticks out of that, that fell or else somebody else got taken a little early? I know I know it's going to sound Homer. I throwing that out there right now, but I thought the Cardinals actually really killed it in this draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, the jokes are running around that Steve Kime was using Pro Football Focus uh, rankings. <laughs> to make his picks because they were like dead on with best available on yeah. pro football focus and like the value plays that they would talk about, you know, on Twitter, follow him and all that. One of my buddies was, was put me on game and was talking about this stuff. And he was like, this is incredible. Watch. Like we could basically predict who they were picking and mm-hmm. it was happening. Uh, but I really like what they did uh, in this draft. There were a couple guys that they targeted that I liked coming out of college and, um, hopefully that turns into something special with Kyler. They were trying to build around him, and um, I think they got some talent to do that now. 
Yeah, they brought in two more receivers and uh, Isabella and Hakeem Butler. And you uh, still Isabella, have Christian Kirk. Just, just wait for this dude. Like, a lot of people don't know about this kid, but he was incredible at, mm-hmm. at UMass. And he, like, everyone, his comparisons, right? Everyone's like, oh, Wes Welker, uh, Julian Edelman. Like, I'm trying to explain to people, think those guys, but faster. Like, yeah. the guy top-end speed-wise is way faster than those guys have ever run. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting <laughs> to watch how he's utilized. The Cardinals are going to spread it out. I think they're going to be really entertaining to watch this year offensively. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I'm hoping so as a fan, but I really do like looking at it from an outside perspective. I think even if you're not a fan of the Cardinals, you're going to like the way the offense looks and, and moves the ball and does all that stuff. So probably going to be a fun team to play with in Madden. They're probably in the Madden. running, probably in the running for one of the shorter teams in the league. Yeah, dude, that. that picture, that picture of Kyler Murray as a midget <laughs> standing next to Roger Goodell is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Standing I, I literally, I spit my drink out when I saw it, man. Like it looked, it, the Photoshop was kind of trash, but it was hilarious, hilarious. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah. So I, I thought they killed it. Um, there were a lot of surprise. I, I don't know what the hell Oakland's doing again. Hopefully the you know, for the sake of the Oakland fan in our lives, uh, that they got it right and some of those guys hit, but it was all very confusing to me. Them and the Giants, I, I don't really understand how well, what they're doing. But the one, the one that probably hits the most is probably taking Jacobs because you had Marshawn retire literally the night before, or two days before, whatever it was, and then. Hindsight now, Isaiah Correll tells tears his Achilles, so it kind of looks yeah. like that that pick worked out. You know, we we again we can harp on it all day about this. I mean, we don't know <laughs> we don't know shit until they start playing. Until so. they start playing, yeah, yeah exactly. Another, I, I think a, a pick for me that I was really excited about was uh, I I was absolutely furious of the team, but really excited for him was Nikhil Harry going to New England. Oh, yeah. Because, one, he got drafted in the first round, which a lot of people kind of thought before the draft and once the draft had started, he would slip to the second round. And the, yeah. he came out and said himself, oh, if I'm there at 33, the Cardinals are taking me. So I know where everybody went from six to midnight, at least all you Cardinal fans, as soon as oh, you yeah. heard that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was good to see him go to somebody that's, that is that is a winner. And he gets to play with one of the best, come into the league playing with the best quarterback that's ever played the game. Yeah. Like that to me is going to be insane for him. I absolutely fucking hate the Patriots. <laughs> I I wish it was literally anybody else, but I think that's that'll be that'll be good for him to come into a situation like that. It'll be kind of interesting to see how that pans out too with Josh Gordon and some other guys that they got there too. So yeah, we'll see if Gordon even plays. But the, the, I agree. I was excited for Nikhil. I wanted him to fall to the Cardinals with the next pick, the first pick in the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't happen, so I was disappointed because uh, I really wanted him to play here. I love how he plays. I think he's an athletic freak, uh, super talented guy. Obviously, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to watch him in New England. Get to play with, the, like you said, the greatest ever. I mean, you can't ask for much more as, a, as an yeah. offensive player to be able to go play with Tom Brady. Uh, so that'll be pretty. I'll be pulling for him. Um, I agree, not as much as I would if he would have gone probably anywhere else. Yeah, but uh, 
So I was I, I wanted to I wanted to to get your opinion on what what your Cowboys did because I know we got a lot of Cowboy fans that listen. And, um, it seemed like they were trying to shore up the trenches, right? O line, D line was their play. Um, but yeah, what's your take as a Cowboy fan um, on what they did? I'm I'm kind of I'm a little fifty fifty on it. I definitely think that there should have been more of a pressing need with safety considering how the, the first round panned out. And there was a lot of guys that they had coming for visits, at least in the, in the safety position, that were still available when they made that pick. And then to pick a guy out of UCF, I mean, he's a, he's a big body dude, which is yeah. kind of weird because that's not something that they traditionally do. That's something that they, Rod Marinelli has kind of shied away from is having a more traditional, like, big body eat up two bodies in, in, in the trenches. That's not what they normally do. So I don't I don't know. It'll be kinda of interesting to see how, how that pick ends up panning out. Yeah. I'm, I I was a little excited for that O lineman, that McGovern dude that they got. Yeah. I think I think that'll be good. You can never have too many offensive linemen, especially considering you had a couple guys last year go down to injury. Tyron Smith is a little he's he's gonna star but he might miss a game or two, you know, it, it just kind of Again, when you have the best offensive line in the league, you want to keep it that way. I get it. But uh, one interesting would be Tony Pollard because behind Zeke, there's not that much depth at the running yeah, back position. Yeah, yeah so that would be kind of an interesting guy that you can come in and get. A little, he's a little bit more of, of, of a scat back. He was a good returner too. So I think that'll that'll be a fun one to watch. They actually drafted two guys, uh, two running backs. And they drafted uh, another guy from Ohio State, Mike Mike Weaver. Which I'm sure Zeke was probably pulling for that guy to be to get drafted, but I don't know. It was it was an okay draft. I definitely think they waited, like I said, that wanted them to draft a safety earlier, and yeah. they didn't draft one until the sixth round. Yeah. So I mean, it's it just I don't know. And I definitely thought they could have had a better draft, but yeah, all line, but... D line, they're never never sexy picks. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody, no fans are, are getting too excited about that. But I think if you guys team the way it's set up, it's it's a smart play. And if you can own defensive line, you can own the offensive line. Uh, coming from from where they were last year as a playoff team and, and making a little bit of a run there late, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think I think they're going to be powerful again. And if those guys can contribute right away, you know, that's that's kind of scary to to match up either defensively or offensively against them. Well, yeah, it was a thing like a, a few years ago where Dallas wasn't good defensively in the in the Tony Romo era where you had. You didn't have much of a defense, but you were still scoring 35, shit, almost 40 points a game. Yeah. And, but you were also giving up 35, 40 points a game. Yeah. And then you kind of – it's just – I don't know. It's just kind of a little weird to see now. It's like now you're sharing the defense more and more, more and more. You're getting this – like their, their defensive line depth chart is absolutely ridiculous right now. Because yep. you, you, have, you have those peer edge rushers. You have those guys that can play inside. Now with with Tristan Hill, you have a guy who can eat up holes or eat up big bodies in, in the middle as well. So it's going to clear up clear up at least for those linebackers. You got probably this is a little bit of a homer. Probably the best linebacking duo in the league, and they're young as shit, which I think is going to be pretty. I don't know. It, it it's going to be an interesting year. It'll it, it'll be fun. Again, this is this is a prove a year for Dak as well. Yeah. So hopefully that well, that one pans out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it is. I'll, I'll, I'm excited. I'm never not excited for football. 
So I don't know. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Well, um, we did have a lot of questions from you guys this week. We kind of reached out. We had some people ask us just kind of ask us questions anyway. We had, kind of went out there too and said, hey, you know, what do you guys want to know? Do you guys have anything for us? So I'm going to get to a little uh, listener Q&A here. So since we're on football, we'll kind of go ahead and start there. Um, we kind of just touched on it a little bit. Um, the one question we got was, did the Raiders utilize their first round correctly, having three picks in the first round? <laughs> no. The, the question is answered. No. Next. No. No. I just – look, again, those players might turn out to be all right. I, I like uh, the running back they ended up picking up, but he's not – He's not a burner. He doesn't have a lot of history. Like even at Bama, he wasn't. He was sharing carries and things like. Um, you, if I'm a fan of the Raiders, I get excited because I like to see a guy that pounds the rock like he does. He's a physical runner. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, I don't. I don't know how it's going to play out. We'll have to. Obviously, everything's a wait and see, so it's not even really fair to say that. But no, I think they reached. I think they could have done a lot more with those picks, even traded down or, or done something uh, to, you know, gain leverage in, in other rounds. But time will tell. But yeah. I'm answering it. As I look at it, I say, no, they did not uh, do all that great with those picks. I'm going to go ahead and I'll be, I'll, I'll be a little bit on their side. I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Okay. Considering Cleveland, like you said, it was a reach. They probably could have got him later. But he fits their scheme. They used to be more of a three four team. Now it kind of seems like they're going to be a four three, yep. which again he's he's more of, he's a pure edge rusher, which I get it. I like it. Like I said, hindsight, it seems like that Josh Jacobs pick seems a little bit better now because you lost Crowell, you had Lynch retire again, <laughs> and then you got your safety Jonathan Abram from uh, Mississippi State, and that dude lays the wood. And I know that they were—they actually weren't sold on uh, Carl Joseph. They were actually trying to move him last year. So I mean, that'll be interesting to see how that kind of pans out. So I think I don't—it's—it'll be hard to tell again once the season starts. But I think they—they they, they addressed address needs. So I mean, what what more can you can you ask for? I think it was Bruce Arian who said that if you draft for need, you're pretty likely to get fired. <laughs> so, so good luck good well, luck he, Mike Mayock he's got another nine years well Gruden does anyway. oh yeah Gruden, Gruden's locked in I'm, I'm talking Mike Mayock <laughs> oh, yeah. draft analysis wise was always missing all <laughs> fucking needs too so yeah. good luck good luck yeah. Oaktown yeah that'd be good to see alright and then question number two here who do you think ends up with a better career between Murray and Rosen oh it's good it's Kyler Murray uh, I you know, I, I, we talked about Rosen. I, I, as a fan, I didn't see anything that I was like, oh, this dude is potential Hall of Fame. Like, he didn't come mm-hmm. out and set the world on fire. He had good moments. Uh, obviously, he was behind a terrible offensive line, so you can give him a break for that. But there was nothing exciting, nothing that I was looking at going, yeah, this is the, this is the guy who's going to lead this franchise for the next 15 years. Um, Murray, we don't know how he's going to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. but he's coming into a perfect scheme for him that he's going to be comfortable in. He's a playmaker. Uh, a lot of the analysis, draft analysis talked about, we've never really seen a player like him. Like you've seen guys that can run it really well at the quarterback position. You've seen guys that can throw it obviously really well. 
and he does both at an elite level, yes. uh, especially what you saw at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Like the comparison to Russell Wilson, he's faster than Russell Wilson is. Um, I would say Russell Wilson is probably a, a better, obviously a more accurate passer uh, than he is even, even coming from the college level. But I think everything I've seen from Kyler Murray, watching him in Oklahoma, seeing the analysis on him, I'm excited to watch it. I think he's going to be incredible if he can stay upright and stay healthy. Mm -hmm. And that's a big if. You know, obviously the NFL is known for ending careers early, but yeah, I'm leaning leaning Kyler in that. I just think he's a more dynamic player. He's in a better fit for him. Rosen might not even start this year in Miami, so. No, he he probably won't. I mean, he's behind – He's behind Fitz Magic for God's Fitz sake. Fitz Magic, baby. <laughs> I don't know. I I think it'll be it'll be more of how they're they're used. Again, I, I guess Miami is a little probably a little bit more suited for Rosen now, especially considering how Cliff Kingsbury is in, is with the Cardinals now. I'm yeah. sure Kingsbury is absolutely salivating over the fact that he's got all these receivers now. He's got Kyler Murray. He can just absolutely sling it. He can run. Like like you said, I think it'll be the Cardinals are gonna have a fun a fun offense to watch this year if they can keep him him healthy. Yep. And hopefully that O line comes back healthy this year, and they can they can keep that guy on the field. But yeah, I think I think overall it'd probably be probably be Murray that ends up with a better career once it's all said and done. So I hope so. <laughs> yeah. All right, now let's get to another game. We got another question here. Uh, we kind of spoke on it a little bit last week. We were excited he was going to get his his, his debut. Uh, do we think Vlad Jr. is going to live up to the hype? Yes. Next question. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd like uh, he's 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 struggling a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say that I say that lightly because this has only been up for a few games. Yeah, it's been but he's been like two fifteen or something. Yeah. Uh, but that first game was exciting. He gets he gets a guaranteed extra base hit robbed in left field that he smacks. Yeah. Um, maybe a home run. It looked more like it was going to hit the wall. Probably a double for him. Uh, then he pokes one the other way in in a classic swing that looked like his dad up there. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of reaching out at one and a pitch he probably wasn't really swinging at, but yeah. decided to swing at and doubles in the down line for a double. Yeah. Just like little things like that. You see that remind you of his dad, uh, Vlad senior. And I'm, I'm all in on this kid, man. I'm excited to watch him. We talked about it last week. I think he's going to live up to the hype. I think he's going to be, and I looked this up. So they would be, if, if he does have a hall of fame career, they potentially be the first father and son there we go so there we go i'm 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 going big on it i've said these things some of the guys i was talking with that are baseball guys are like oh now you're putting the curse on them like no i really (laughs) believe it i think everything you've seen from this kid in in the minor leagues and in every step that he's played in his baseball career he is absolutely mashed well and then he's 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 not a bad defender either i saw a highlight of the game last night when they played the angels Yep. And he made he made a diving catch and then throws a the guy out at, at at first like that just yep. that dude's just a natural born ball player like that dude just he he gets it. I was, I was reading I was reading a, a thing that was talking about when Clint Hurdle was a a hitting coach. I was just about to start talking. Is about that, that where you're going to talk about yeah. that? Yeah, the same they, thing. 
How how interesting is that though? And he was talking about how Vlad Senior he wanted to work with him, wanted to work with him. Vlad mm-hmm. kind of did his own thing his whole career. Didn't yeah. didn't really take much instruction. Would get tweaks here and there, but nothing like where they do a full batting practice session. Yeah. Um, and then and what was it that finally says he was like, yeah, he's like, I'll yeah. meet meet you tomorrow, two p.m. batting cages. He's like, all right. And the guy's finally excited. I'm gonna get the work with Vlad. Brings his ten year old son in and says, all right. Uh, teach, him, teach him to hit and then leaves. <laughs> leaves. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's just, baseball is just instilling some people like that at an, at an early age. And he, like you, you just have to root for a guy like that, especially considering, like you said, his, his dad's a Hall of Famer. It's, it's, it's kind of hard not, not to root for someone like that. Yep. And then I think in that too, like Clint Hurdle was talking about after like he was a 10-year-old just absolutely crushing the ball, mm-hmm. like harder than any 10-year-old or kid should be swinging. And yeah. And he was, like, so impressed with him. And now, like, it's all come full circle to guys <laughs> in the major leagues. Clint yeah. Earl still managing. Like, it's, it's nuts, yeah. man. Yep. So, um, I'll be excited to see see how, how he does and where he ends up overall and all. I think that'll be cool. Now, we have another question. Um does this younger generation in the majors give you hope for baseball? Yes. Star yes. as yeah. Yeah, I, I, like it, you have the generational piece that's coming in with like like we were talking about with the former major league players kids that are now coming up Fernando Tatis Jr. You have Mondesi's Raul Mondesi's kid is playing. Uh, you got Vlad Jr. You got Bo Bichette who's going to mm-hmm. come up in Toronto. Um, Dante Bichette's kid. Like all these. These guys that we I grew up watching as baseball players, and now their kids are getting the opportunity to come up and play. Um, you've got the Cody Bellingers, Christian Yellows, the guys that we were talking about. Um, my favorite player, Javi Baez. Like, oh. And I know he, he, he we're pushing kind of late 20s there. He's like 27, 28. Mm-hmm. I think some of those guys are. Um, so depending on what that question is referencing, like if we're looking at the young, early 20s guys, I think there's still a lot of talent that, that has yet to even make the big leagues. Um, and a lot of guys to be excited about good young arms all over the league. Yep. Uh, baseball's in a very good position. Uh, I, I was, I'm a baseball guy, so maybe I'm a little biased. And excited I was just about some players, but I was just about to say that because considering how other leagues are, they're letting, they're letting them play and play the game their way. So especially yes. like we talked about it on the first episode, you see guys just shitting on a ball and they kind of pimp it a little bit, a little shit talking, bat throwing. And it's just it's it's fun to see that in the game. You you can be you can be you. You know what I mean? You can crush the hell out of a ball and talk a little shit. Of course you're probably gonna get hit for it later, but yep. it's still something that it it's it, it's fun. I think baseball is gonna you're you're gonna start to see a lot more fun in the game. I know there's a lot of people who are like, Oh my god, it's boring, like it's it takes so long. But I I've I've always I've always enjoyed sitting there watching a game. It's it, it's fun to watch. It, it it really is, and especially now that you're gonna get a little bit more kind of bang for your buck per se. You're gonna get a little bit more yeah. and, and entertainment with it. It's awesome, and I think with, with the last few years, you're seeing a lot more runs scored than you probably ever had overall. And but pitchers are throwing gas. You got guys that are throwing. Oh, I saw a kid. Too. I don't remember who who it was, but just just the whip he had on a ball and he's throwing a one on one. Like it, it's not supposed to do that. How the fuck is anybody supposed to hit that? Like it's just it, it's an, it's insane. I think baseball is in in a very good spot, like you said. And it's only going to get better. 
I mean, there's 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 good and bad that comes with some of that. The aggressive approach at the plate, uh, guys no longer really taking walks, guys that don't really play small ball to your point, but you do see the inflated home run numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever humidor they put in Arizona is complete bullshit because they're hitting bombs left and right. <laughs> uh, I think the balls are juiced again. I think anytime baseball has a little bit of a dip or a lull in attendance or, or people watching for whatever reason, mm-hmm. uh, they juice up the balls and they're, they're going out at a record pace right now again. Yeah. Uh, but it's exciting. For if, if you're a baseball guy, you might not think it's all that great. You look at some of that stuff and you're like, oh, this is kind of ridiculous, right? Yeah. Uh, true baseball fans love a pitcher's duel and that's not exciting for the non you know i'm just going to a game to drink a beer and watch it <laughs> type of fan yeah and so like you know for for the casual fan it's exciting when guys are hitting scoring runs so mm-hmm. that brings in you know a, a lot more to the game to your point the whole you know getting excited about home runs and, and doing a little bat flip or, or taking your time around the base whatever that might be definitely a latin player influence they play with a lot more passion. They live life a lot more passionately. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think that's exciting, but granted I'm coming from that same background. So I get it. Yeah. Um, but I think it brings a flair to the game that to your point, maybe other leagues don't have as much of that mm-hmm. uh, or they try to, they try to quell it a little bit. Whereas baseball polices itself, the players police themselves. Yeah. So it's unique. It's unique. Enough. Mm-hmm. So. Oh yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. And now, our last question is for the NBA. Can the East win a final? Can you see anybody in the East winning a final? No. Yeah, I think we, we, <laughs> we, we touched on it earlier. It's going yeah. through Golden State again. No, with, with, with no LeBron in, I just don't. I mean, it's, it's not – I think somebody else has asked me about that with the, with the whole LeBron piece. Like, mm-hmm. is, it, is it as exciting in NBA playoffs without him? No, it isn't. I mean, you're taking the best player in the world out of, you know, the the whole shot at a title. And mm-hmm. uh, if he was involved in the East, then I'd say, yeah, if he's playing with one of those teams, I'd say all day that they, they have a legitimate chance. But no, I don't. And, and even if even if Golden State somehow gets upset, whether it's Portland or Houston, because um, I don't think Denver is going to fall into that. But mm-hmm. if it's Portland or Houston, I even think they're better than anybody in the East. So yeah. I just I don't I don't see it happening. You hope that it's competitive, but uh, you know if it's Golden State, I don't see it really. I don't see anybody giving them a series. It probably ends up going five. Yeah. No, I think Houston, Houston, Milwaukee would be fun. You had two of the MVP candidates there. That'd be a good one. Yeah, I don't know. I I I also agree. I don't think anybody anybody out of the East really stands a chance once they meet inevitably meet Golden State. They just look like they're getting back to their form. They always do, especially when you got Clay Thompson catching heat, you know, you just, you stand no chance. Yep. You stand no chance. All right. And that's all we got for our Q&A. So we want to end here with um, some bets. Now, I know you wanted to kind of recap how you did on your NFL ones, your draft ones you had last week. So I, I will say, so I'd never, you know, I prefaced this last, I'd never bet on the NFL draft. Um, it was really exciting to, to have money on some of the dumbest things that you could possibly bet on. <laughs> we ended up going, uh, we hit two bets. Uh, so so we had the under in uh, when Quinn and Williams would get drafted was at three and a half. We yeah. took the under, both of us like that. Went to um, three. 
who went at three. So that, that bet hit. Uh, we also had offensive player as Mr. Irrelevant. My own Cardinals come through for me by drafting a uh, tight end out of UCLA. So hit that one as well. Pretty is that exciting. The, is that the one that you said? You said Caleb Wilson? Uh, I didn't call specifically that they were going to take Oh, you just, no, said, a, you just said, said a tight end? No, as an offensive player. Oh, there we go. To be an offensive player. Um, and then we missed we missed a few. We took a shot at some long shots. Obviously, we, we bet against Kyler Murray going number one. That was stupid, but the value <laughs> was there for that play. So you're, you're really chasing money. Anytime you're betting a, a heavy underdog, you're chasing money yeah. you know, on that type of stuff. So, um, And then I had the over and over under wide receivers in the first round. There ended up being two with Nikhil going last, like we were saying. Mm-hmm. Um we had it was at two and a half, so I took the over on that. I thought there'd be one more guy, maybe Metcalf or somebody else would sneak. Well, I think ev- everybody did. <laughs> didn't didn't know. happen. The draft got weird. I'm gonna blame it on the Raiders again, just because <laughs> they mess everything up. Um, so we had a couple bets. So I, I will say though, I think this is something that I'll continue to to do every year. I think it was actually pretty exciting to watch mm-hmm. money on something like when's a guy gonna get drafted. Um, so so pretty entertaining. I, I paid more attention. To the draft than I, than I would have if I didn't do that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's really what anytime I'm gambling on something or anytime anybody is sports related, it does make you pay attention to games or, or teams that you normally wouldn't. Yeah. So if, if you're looking to get into to making some of these bets or, or eventually, you know, if you go to Vegas or something and you want to throw some money at a game, I will say throw it at anything, and it, I I'm telling you, it will make it more exciting to watch whatever yep. game that is. Um, so we did okay, not not too bad. Um, looking forward, I, I was kind of in keeping with it. You know, we're talking about the NBA stuff. I was looking at a couple bets there. So Golden State right now paying a, a minus one seventy five, so laying one hundred seventy five dollars to win a hundred mm-hmm. uh, to win the title. So normally I stay away from those type of bets. Not a ton of value in the return, you know. But the fact that we both feel like Golden State's going to run through it. They're up 2-0 in Houston already. We don't see anybody really challenging them from the East. That's actually pretty solid value for, for what you're getting mm-hmm. in that team. Now, a lot of variables go into that. Anytime you have a heavy favorite, uh, rule of thumb is you're always going to have to lay a lot, right, to potentially not make a lot. Yeah. But I, I think tossing you know, something at that, I, I might go there um, just to have something on the line to, to – get me into watching more of the NBA finals uh, when yep. it does come up. Uh, another interesting one. So Toronto's actually paying seven and a half to one to win it. So if you mm. like them coming out of the East you figure, that's really good value. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't think they can beat them, but if they get there, you never know. So uh, another yeah. interesting play. I, I love Portland this season. I'm rooting for them. I told you, I think they're getting through Denver. They're 60 to one to win it. Which at this point, I mean, you're down to eight teams. Any team that's getting those crazy odds, it, it, that is a complete value play. Toss a hundred bucks at it, you're getting back six Gs. Like if, if they somehow made that run, right? So that's Maybe. something I'm looking into. I'll probably Cha-ching. lay some money on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably lay some money on that. Like people might look at that like you're throwing the money away. I look at it as the return you're potentially getting outweighs any of that. So, exactly. Uh, that, that's what I'm looking at there. I think for this weekend, I'll probably bet a couple more NBA games. Uh, I'll have to look at, at but, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but what? We got the ponies this weekend. 
we got the ponies this week, but what I was actually going to get into first, oh, my bad, uh, was was the thing I'm looking at on Saturday, legitimately betting uh, Canelo Jacobs fight. Ooh. Canelo's uh, minus five hundred to win it, uh, which not great odds, right? When you're talking about again the return you're looking to get mm-hmm. on it. However, you don't often get really sexy odds on a fighter like Canelo very often because he's so much better than most yeah. of the guys he's going to face. So not a terrible play if you've got a lot of money to toss at it. I think the better play is, and, and we, we were going to talk about this a little later, but my money's probably going on a knockout. It's paying about two to one. Um, he can stop him, whether it's a clean knockout, TKO, or disqualification, you get paid out on any mm-hmm. of those, two to one. Um, personally, I think that's the bet. I'm not saying that I necessarily agree that he's definitely going to stop Jacobs, but if I'm betting it that way, that's where I would lean. Um, we did know. get asked about the Kentucky Derby stuff. Before I get into that, what are you thinking on Canelo Jason? We're already talking about it. What are I, you feeling? Dude, I mean, you can't. It's really hard to bet against Canelo. I mean, he's he only has one loss, and that was against Mayweather, of course. I don't. I, it's so hard to bet against a dude like that. And Jacobs hasn't really fought anybody that kind of that kind of wows you or jumps off the page there. Yeah, the I mean, only one – I mean, he, he's got two losses. One was earlier in his career. The other mm-hmm. one was to Triple G by decision. So that was kind of his, you know, his shot at a big fight. He he actually did fight pretty well. Yeah. Um, but he, he did get outpointed. Triple G was just mowing through people at that yeah. point. Yeah. Well, the one thing I do see in Jacob's favor is it seems that he's he is taller. Yep. He's, and he's got power. He's got, he's got the power. I mean, he's got 35 wins, 29 of those are knockouts. Yeah, so I mean, if again for a guy like him, it's just one of those if if you can catch Canelo, if you can catch catch him a couple of times, you kind of kind of stun him, maybe have Canelo change up his game plan. But I don't see that really happening. Canelo is just far far more the the superior fighter. Yeah, so if think... Jacobs can stay outside, to your point, with the advantage, reach advantage, mm-hmm. and his style of fighting, if he can stay outside, don't let Canelo come in. I think he can he can last it. He can make the fight last. It'll be an entertaining fight to watch. They're both really, really solid tactician boxers. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't see any way that Canelo's not beating him in this fight with yeah. five points. Or I mean, if shit. he can somehow stop him late. Jacob, Jacobs beat Cancer's ass. So wow. that'll be good. <laughs> wow, he's got that in his back pocket. Wow. He's gonna, I guess he has that. On <laughs> <laughs> interesting interesting style of betting yeah. <laughs> um, but no so so that'll be a fun one i know we're both gonna end up watching that big box oh yeah fans and we both love canelo so yeah uh, that's kind of a no-brainer to watch but so i did have some questions asked from from some people about the kentucky derby mm-hmm. uh, i had a couple too me and my buddies bet this every single year uh really all three of the big races uh we also do some horse betting in between with some of the smaller stuff but if if you are getting into gambling, horse racing and horse betting is like as low as you can be on the totem pole from a degenerate standpoint. However, yeah. however, it's the most fun. It is really entertaining, and you can make a shit ton of money. Oh on yeah, a very small amount placed, and so I think that's what's attractive to people that do some off track betting that normally wouldn't gamble or something like that. Like the payouts can be ridiculous. It is entertaining to watch the horses run uh, unless they're, like, whipping them or, you know, 
dying at a track like they were right. either earlier this year. But <laughs> besides those things, uh, if, if you're looking to get into gambling, I would suggest horse racing, figuring out how to make little bets, whether it's win, place, show, uh, or, or getting into more exotic picks with hitting the top two, top three, exactly right. trifectas type of thing. Um, for this derby, this is actually really interesting. So as, as we were preparing for this podcast, uh, the favorite Omaha Beach, uh, the betting line favorite actually was scratched today. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's only like the third or fourth time ever in the history of the Kentucky Derby that the morning line favorite uh, is actually not going to run in the race. The last time it happened was 1992 with AP Indy, who was a heavy, heavy favorite. Um, his career ended up turning out okay, uh, very solid, and is a breeding horse. Like they bred the hell out of AP Indy because of how talented he was. So he, he, he had a good life for the rest of his life. So we'll see what ends up happening <laughs> with Omaha Beach. But from a betting perspective, I was all over Omaha Beach. Yeah. Uh, the favorite has won the Kentucky Derby, I want to say it's the last six or seven times. Yeah. Uh, so I was leaning there. I was going to key him. What key means is you put him at that top spot or the second spot and then put horses underneath him. And basically he would have to win and then the horses underneath him come in whatever position uh, order they want. Right. Mm-hmm. So he would just have to win. And, and the reason I, I make bets like that, if you're really big on one horse um, and you think there's nobody really that's going to contend with him and he's going to win, you bet it that way so that you're wagering less to potentially win a shit ton of money. Yeah. Um, as opposed to having to wager a lot and still win a, a significant amount. Yeah. But uh, well, that's, that's kind of what I was looking at. The odds on favor now is game winner. Yeah. Even even that plus 400. I mean, if you want to put 50 bucks on it, you're still going to win $200. Potentially. So I, I probably wouldn't bet game winner outright like that. You could. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for, for the non-horse racing piece of people, so, so Bob Baffer is like the – him and his training crew, whatever you want to call them, business, uh, they're basically like the New England Patriots of horse training. Uh, unfortunately, he's a U of A grad, but I, so I don't like him just because of that. But uh, <laughs> from a betting perspective, Bob Baffert always puts the best horses uh, in these races and has awesome success, triple crown success, all these things. So he's got three horses wanting. One is game winner roadster and improbable improbable ran second uh in the arkansas derby to omaha beach lost by a length really solid horse running out of the five spot the reason the five spots important post position uh is very important in this race because you have so many horses running uh so post position five post position 10 are actually the highest win percentage uh all time at the kentucky derby those horses are number five, improbable, 10, uh, cutting humor. So I, I might lay something there, uh, hmm. but I'm looking at the Baffert horses. My sleepers for this, War of Will, he's drew on the inside post at the one, really bad position to be in, uh, but I like I like how he runs. And then the number 19 horse spinoff, another sleeper. So really what I'm looking at in this race are guys that want to stay towards the front. They're saying it's going to be sloppy. Uh, the pace is going to be pretty slow, potentially. So that usually means that the guys that are front runners can stay up there and not get caught from behind because they don't tire out. Um, when the pace is fast, usually you want to look at closers or deep closers, guys that sit back and then try to finish at the end to catch all these horses. When the pace is fast, that works out well because the guys at the front get tired and slow down. 
Um, in this case, I don't think the pace is going to be all that fast. I'm looking for horses that are going to be out in front. Um, I don't know exactly how I'm going to bet it yet, but uh, I'm definitely looking at uh, a couple of horses specifically. Uh, Tacitus is running out of the eight position, number one in points coming into the race. Uh, so I'll probably have him somewhere up there. Uh, obviously, any of the Baffert horses I'll throw in there as well. But mm-hmm. should be really, really fun to watch. Uh, if you don't pay attention to horse racing, I suggest maybe you just start out watching races like this because – you know, it is the most entertaining two minutes in sports. Yes, yeah. I've, I had not been super into it up until recently, the last few years. And, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. The way my bank account is set up, I got checking in the savings. <laughs> haven't really been able to get in, into the betting world. But uh, I think it'll be interesting to see this year as probably having, uh, don't want to say this too loud, probably putting some money on this year, you know, this year. See how that goes, and uh, I think I think it'll be a little bit because I mean putting money on anything makes it that much more interesting. It really does. So, I mean, just hearing a little tidbit from you is probably already got me a little antsy. I'm sitting here looking at some odds and putting some shit together and stuff. So I think that'll be be pretty fun, especially for you degenerates that are already pretty heavy in, in into the sports world. And some of you first first timers, listen to this man. He knows what he's talking about. He's a winner. We'll see. We'll see, man. Hopefully. Hopefully. There have been some (laughs) races we've won. We've won quite a bit of money on other ones that we got beat on. But um, this stuff's entertaining. Once you get into it, like I I start looking up pedigrees of the horses and uh, different trainers, how they're looking in in their practice session. Like you get really into it. It's actually pretty, pretty exciting stuff to to read about. Um, And it's crazy how like their their pedigree and their line really does matter for the, the length of the race, the type of pace that'll be set the type of you know position they want to be in like all these things that you wouldn't think factor into it do factor into it mm-hmm. um, but it, yeah it's it's exciting stuff hopefully we can make some money on saturday and yes, roll that into uh the next leg of the triple crown of the preakness but there you go see what happens hey we're going to win some big money saturday you said we got the kentucky derby we got canelo going on there's baseball going on this whole time so i mean it'll be Now's now's a good time to get that dust that checkbook off, and especially this weekend to win some money. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, guys. Well, thank you. This was uh, episode three of Fly on the Ball. We appreciate you guys. Hey, real quick, I want to give a shout out. Got some listeners in the UK. Appreciate you. <laughs> thank you guys for everything. Uh, we enjoyed getting some questions from you guys. We love the feedback. Love it. If you guys listen, add us on Twitter. Let us know how you feel. You guys have any questions for next week? We'll probably put something out there again. But again, thank you guys. I enjoyed this talk. And I'm kind of, like I said, looking forward to hopefully winning us some money this weekend. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thank you. We'll see you next week. Later. Peace.